This is Square Pizza, cooked up by Shermco. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Square Pizza podcast. This week, Greg got to connect with Barry White Jr., a passionate educator located in Charlotte, North Carolina, but also known around the world as the handshake teacher because of a very viral video. We at Shermco had the pleasure of working with Barry while he was a fifth grade teacher at Ashley Park. Uh, He's now the Dean of Students at University Park Creative Arts School, and today he shares with us why The Office will forever be his favorite show why he started his signature handshake connection with students, and what it was like being interviewed by stars such as Steve Harvey and Kevin Hart. And finally, he touches on some of the technologies that are helping him connect with students during this time of remote learning. We hope you enjoy the episode. Now here's Greg and Barry. All right, Mr. Barry White, what's the word? What's going on, Greg, man? Pleasure to have to be here with your brother, man. I appreciate you. For taking time to get with me at 6 p.m. You know, on Tuesday. That's unheard of. There's a virtual after workouts. You know, anytime we you can know. get Barry White Jr., we make time. We clear the schedule for that. So pleasure's ours, my man. Um, yeah. Appreciate you taking time. Excited to kind of have you on the podcast. Um, you know, I've selfishly had the pleasure of getting to work with you almost three years now. Um, so excited to, to, to be with you, to kind of host you, but also have you share kind of all your expertise and knowledge um, and journey with our listening audience. Absolutely, man. Looking forward um, to this. So hopefully, you know, I know you're an avid fan of the Square Pizza podcast, just like millions of other listeners across the globe. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows we like to start with um, hopefully some fun kind of introductions or icebreakers, if you will, to, to, to kick us off. So context here with you, you're obviously a celebrity, which most people know. You've also <laughs> met Kevin Hart and Steve Harvey and or like been on their shows, so also celebrities. So I think the first question here is, uh, which one is funnier, Kevin Hart or Steve Harvey? Okay, so, so you put me on the spot there. Um, <laughs> so one, so first I gotta say this, this you know, my real answer is, I gotta say both, right? I gotta say both. It was funny, but but politically correct, politically correct. But you know, I, I might need to go back on this show. But look, but look, but put a caveat: there's no Kevin Hart without Steve Harvey. So ah, you know, Steve right. Harvey, OG, you gotta pay the respects. But I'm 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 gonna roll with Kevin Hart, and this is why though, uh, just for the sake of argument, just for the sake of argument, I'm gonna roll with Kevin Hart because uh, when I did the Kevin Hart show, uh, his uh, TKO, so Knockout Defender show. Yep. I didn't realize until after I actually saw the episode that the whole time that I'm going through the obstacles and, you know, trying to get through to the finish line, he was roasting me to the <laughs> ground. Like, he was burning me up. I mean, he was flaming me so bad. Like, I wouldn't like, hear it when you were going through everything, right? Huh? You couldn't hear all that when you were, like, going through the obstacles and everything else. No, because you get the crowd, because I got the crowd going, oh, like back, cheer my name. So I couldn't really hear him. I knew he was saying something, but I couldn't hear him. So as I'm going through it, and I watched the episode, he was just like, bang, the, the course is getting the best of him. Like, he's winning. Like, bang, bang, what, what happened to the handshakes, man? Like, he was going crazy. And it was just hilarious, man. I mean, so I definitely got to roll with my boy Kev on, on, that, on that note. 
number one, I love how you re- you paid respect to the old head, uh, Steve Harvey, and I think Kevin would probably appreciate that too. Um, but number two, maybe tell the people real quick, like, you know, we'll get into your background as a teacher, um, but how did you end up on these two shows? Yes. So uh, when Steve Harvey show, that was just, uh, I mean, such a pleasure, man, a treat. Um, the whole, the reason why I even got there was one, was, was my, my babies, my, my students, right? Yep. Scholars, however you want to, you call them in school. Yep. Um, you know, they did something extremely special, allowed me to, you know, share a moment with them and what they brought uh, just as far as building a relationship, an authentic relationship that I got to this day. They DM me and email me and we chat. And uh, we just did something special that, you know, the world um, connected to and was able to relate to, not necessarily because of the action, but the concept behind it, which was simply uh, every single day, there's a mo- you should always take some type of moment, whether it's a couple seconds, a couple minutes, just to have that one-on-one unique special um, interaction with each student. Individually, yep. right? So you're talking uh, about the handshake video that's viral, yeah, right? Yeah, talking about the personalized yep. handshake video mm-hmm, that uh, that we went viral, viral for, and um, through that, you know, it led me to you know multiple avenues like uh, today's show. From today's show, yep. you know, uh, Steve Harvey people reached out. Um, you know, so when they reached out, you know, that was a big deal because there's multiple shows reaching out. But uh, you know, when Steve Harvey reached out, I'm like, man, listen, this is my, you know, this is this is my my my. Oh, the OG, like the original King Comedy, like my African American brother. Like I gotta, I gotta support. I King wanna- Comedy, which was filmed in Charlotte, which not a lot of people know. Like unless you're from Charlotte, or like your avid listener, or like uh, a, a big fan of the show. Exactly, hundred percent. So um, he reached out, man. Well, his people reached out, and then I mean that was a no-brainer. So you know, flew me to Chicago, um, mm-hmm. got down there. You know, I was just like, hey, look, you got uh, videos of my kids. You got pictures of my kids, like. I can't like, hey, I'm all, you know, the kids, so they did a great job, man. Shout out to the producers there and, cool. and uh, you know, the godfather himself, like Steve Harvey. I mean, show so much love, brother. I mean, literally, yeah. um, you know, you're behind the scenes. It was just like, we were just talking, like how we talk. Like, it was just, you know, natural people, like, you know, he was giving definitely gems and, um, you know, highlighting the work that, you know, we do overall as, as teachers, period. Yeah. You know, not just me. And, man, they gifted me with some, you know, some special things, man. Um, you know, they gave me a, a signed LeBron James jersey from the championship season, wow. uh, 2016. Yep. And I still got that hanging up. Um, and cool. tickets to go see LeBron. I was, you know, I went to see LeBron, you know, live, him and Kyrie, yep. them days, you know, so that was some good days, man. Um, but then, you know, it gives me, um, you know, some funds as well that I put to all, you know, just make, uh, make sure my kids have a lot of good resources, a lot of fun things, yep. continue to have fun in that classroom. Like we do it on a natural basis, man. And then from there, um, they just kept the spiral effect, kept going, kept going. And then Kevin Hart, uh, the producers reached out for that show. And um, they what told What was your me, first kind of like reaction? Like you're, you're obviously a teacher, you're a humble dude, you're a good dude, you're teaching, you're doing your thing, the, the video's getting loved. Then like you get an email either from your CMS account or your Google account, like Steve Harvey producers want to reach out. Like what, do you think it was one of your boys playing a trick on you? Or like, <laughs> what, like what's the first thought coming through your mind? This is unreal. It was unreal. I'm like, yeah. wow, this ain't serious. This is not serious. Man, right. I, I, automatically, I saw I'm like, this is spam. Like, why does that yeah. spam folder? Like, <laughs> this that's somebody that came through. Uh, but then we're like, you know, I, I looked it up and, you know, looked at the little uh, tag, the links they had. I said, oh, this is for real. Like, official, right? so, like I said, it, it was just so exciting, man, because I knew overall, not just, you know, for me and my parents, but uh, just that my students was going to get put on that platform. 
Like, they, like you can't, I couldn't go anywhere without them being behind me or showing some screen or their face or their move, like Dexter, the Trinity, to, you know, um, to, to all of them. Like, I, frankly, it was just something special that I knew that their parents were going to be screaming and yelling because they texted me and all that. Exactly. We saw my baby on it, like, you know, Steve Harvey <laughs> show, and they sharing it, man. So it was just a, it's a great feeling, man. Um, once they settled in, like, this is for real. Yeah, like, I bet. Like, wow. It was just uh, something special, man. I'm glad I got to share that, you know, with me and my babies. That's so cool. All right, so we're going to get to more professional stuff in a minute. But in terms of personal, the, you know, we did some stalking about you, like all guests we have. And there's a nasty rumor going around that you love The Office. And so <laughs> want to know, number one, if this, is, if this rumor is true. And two, if so, what is it about The Office you love so much? Listen, when you speak of The Office, to me, <laughs> <laughs> you are talking about the top two shows of all time. What's like, number one? Or was, what's well, the other one then? Office, first of all, it's top two and Office is not number two. It's number one. <laughs> so I'll make it clear. But it's, it was a healthy debate. I'm going to say healthy. A healthy debate between the Office and Friends. Ooh. I'm landslide the Office, like by far. Matter of fact, um, give me one second. I want to show you. Give me one yeah, second. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's your time. I'm going to show you something. Hold on. He stopped his video screen, so that means he's about to do something wild for everybody that's listening right now. Um, so the anticipation is definitely building for Mr. White at the moment. I thought I had it. All right, that's okay. I thought I had it, but um, that's okay. Oh, hold on a second. I thought I had that thing. I left it. I left. I left the funny thing. I left it in my office. Uh, but my um. So the first a gift I woke. I um. I went to my office. It was like the last week. So this is like going on the fourth week of school. Right. I went to my office and on my desk was a card. Right. It was a card envelope. And I said, Mr. White, I opened it up. And why was it, matter of fact, I think I took a picture, man. I, I sent you a picture. You can make a highlight. Yeah, why I opened up and it was a card of Michael Scott saying, like, you're the best boss. Like, <laughs> dude, I was so happy. I, I'm going to show it here. But um, I don't know if you can see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was perfect. Yeah, like, it was a card. Yeah, that's for real. Yeah, that's so Michael Scott. So that shows you my love of the office, man. Like, there's no, you cannot, listen, I'll get into any debates when it comes to the office in any season, and I'll give you, uh, I'll give you the exact season, the exact episode that's going to win any and everybody over. So were you like, were you like an early adapter to the show? Like, you watched it as soon as it came out? Like, did you get put onto it later? Like, how did this become to be a love affair? Mm -hmm. So I'm, uh, so I pretty much got put on, uh, after college. So one of my friends just, uh, they just told me, yeah, man, so check this out, you know, and I, I really put on mind to it. This, you know, it wasn't, after, maybe like two years after that, that's when they clean house. Like, you won all the awards yes. and all that. But, uh, but I ain't really put on mind. So, you know, I dipped in that. And I actually sat down for a weekend. It was spring break. And I just started watching The Office, man. I mean, from the fourth episode, I'm like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you right now, I'm a grown man. I'm Probably as tough as they come. Two it. times, two times in my life that I got really emotional over a TV <laughs> show. Over a TV show. It was in mid-season, and I'm not going to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen The Office, but... I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? Okay, you got to get put on. But mid-season, something happens, 
right? That's the emotion for all the Office fans. They know what I'm talking about. Okay. And then the last episode, the finale. Dude, right. I, I was in like. So you're talking like, you're not talking like sadness, like legit tears, like tears coming down your face. Not tears, but it definitely had me emotional. Like, dog, okay. I'm so, over, like, I, ne- I needed this. I need this finale. I need the closure. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I mean, I'm a huge fan, dog. Michael Scott, Scott's Tots, my man Dwight, Jim, and Pam, like Stanley. Like, listen, man, I, I, I eat it up. I eat it up every day. Um, I'm so glad to know that our, our stalking is paying off with good insights <laughs> like this. Um, so I guess, like, you know, as we enter more into, like, who you are and also teaching, you know, you mentioned being a teacher. Obviously, this year with COVID is a year unlike any other and think like you've also transitioned to a new school, I think, with additional leadership. So kind of tell people, like, what you're currently doing now and just, like, how the year is being an educator in a school building or in uh, a computer screen um, supporting students given all we're facing this year. Absolutely. So uh, just so people who don't know, so I currently, uh, well, I formerly, I'm a former fifth grade teacher at Ashley Park. Yep. Elementary, you know, one of the best experience. The park. Ashley Park Elementary, you know, the park. Um, uh, still always have, you know, peace in my heart. Um, yep. Now, I transitioned from being fifth grade teacher, literacy teacher there, to the dean of students at University Park Creative Arts. For some reason, I love the parks. It's, it works out that way. Um, so I'm at University Park now, dean of students, and I, just, I pretty much just wanted to take on. Uh, a leadership role that would extend my reach. So, you know, as a teacher, fifth grade teacher, um, I pretty much my range was my three blocks, my three classes that I had yep. departmentalized math, reading, science. So those 80 students, you know, that, that was kind of my range. And I could, you know, maybe touch uh, fourth grade, third grade, you know, when I see them, I can um, pretty much collaborate, you yep. know, with those grade levels. But, you know, I just felt like, you know, I just want to extend the reach to where, you know, I have freedom to hit any and all grade levels, right? So now, Dean of Students, I'm able to not just, you know, I'm not just restricted to one grade level. I get to hold school. I get to dictate. I get to, uh, you know, and be innovative. I get to create things that incorporates everyone from K to five, right? So um, that's what I do now as far as leadership. Um, the child, the pro, there's pros and cons for everything, right? So I guess one of the pros and can be seen as a con, Yep. is that, uh, of course, in this space, this virtual environment, remote learning, yep. um, I came into it, you know, I, I, I told, I have a group, uh, it's called the Dean Group. So all of the deans that became new deans, all my buddies from my uh, yep. university leadership program, principal wow. program. Yep, there you go. Dean. So I got a group, and I tell them all the time, like, this was a great year to do this. Like, because, and I say that sarcastically, because, I mean, real learning yep. on the training. So, and like, you know, as in a traditional setting, if I came into it as a role, you know, I would have a lot of coaching. Here's the structure. Here's the protocol. All right, we do this, we do that. Yep. But honestly, everybody's learning as we go along. So the principal, assistant principal, we're all, we're kind of, you know, figuring it out, making right. it up as we go along. So it's not a set blueprint for me right well, now. I imagine, too, like knowing you a little bit, like it also allows you to like use some of your creativity and your willingness to innovate a bit more and your ability to connect with the kids in the way you do in person, taking that virtually where maybe if you were, we were all in a more traditional setting or more traditional school year, you, I don't know your boss, but maybe may not get that level of willingness to innovate the way you can now, since we're all kind of starting from square, square one. Absolutely, man. That's one of the pros. Cause, uh, uh, the reason that's how they, when they brought me in, they told me specifically, look, we need, we need 2.0. 
Like whatever we did last year, we need two point. We need a new life. Like we need, we need you to bring in, you know, that freshman because they, you know, they looked me up, saw my background, saw I did that actually part. Talk about the weight of the franchise on you know. You score. Need you to rebound. Did you lead the team in assists? My dad, my dad been joking. My dad joked with me like, yeah, man, you know, they bring you in, but then they bring you as rookie, but they expect you to take it to the championship from the first year. That's right. You know, um, but yeah, I, and I embrace all of that, man. I love. Just that responsibility and that, uh, that's the, the, I guess, the access to, to and willingness to um, allow me to be creative. Like, for example, um, start off with a bank, open house, um, virtual open house. I created a whole website. I had different things. I had all teachers do flip grids. Yep. Um, I had them, I know, embed their open, sli- open slides under the flip grid. So now on the website, we got videos of teachers as opposed to, like, you know, pictures or just something standard. Right. We just you know, bring it together. Like, uh, just utilizing the different, um, you know, platforms that's out there as far as the virtual tools go and just bringing that in. Because uh, while, you know, while this is not the ideal way uh, for education or educating students, there is something to be said about pushing education forward in the technology space. Yep. Um, you know, whether it's little or this big or however you want to size it, there's something to be said about just moving your dial when it comes to utilizing technology because that's the way we're going anyway, right? That's the way student kids are going anyway. And would you say that's been um, one of the biggest surprises? Are there any other positives that you've seen come from this over the first few weeks of virtual learning? Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, yes, absolutely. So that would have been one of the big, uh, definitely one of the big surprises watching uh, teachers, you know, regardless wherever you're at, what country in, uh, teachers are resilient, man. We'll find yep. a way. We always want to find a way to adapt and make it work. Uh, just getting to be able to go into uh, different Zooms. Like yep. I had, uh, we adopted uh, a curriculum called Caring Schools that focused on social-emotional learning. So that's my big push right. this year focus is sure we hit that part. And I'm going to one of the Zooms and um, on the actual curriculum, you know, it was written for traditional-based learning. So it had something like, um, something with, uh, I guess, peer learning or something when they collaborate with each other on the screen. I walk into the classroom. The teacher is on the screen making animal face, animal noises, doing charades with the kids. She is making it work. Like, she's adapting that and really pushing. And all around, I'm watching, you know, throughout the building, people just make it work. And it just showed the resilience and just the amount of, uh, you know, effort and love that comes into it. Like, at the end of the day, it's, it's about the students, right? So you give us Whatever atmosphere environment we're in is not ideal. We're going to push for it to be better. Yep. But at the end of the day, we're going to do what it takes for the students. Um, I'll tell you one thing, quick little uh, tidbit. Yeah. That, you know, my, my Instagram was um, a big surprise because I was, you know, unsure how it would go, especially with, um, you know, new students, like whether that's K through two, like, you know, students' parents just enrolling for the first time. Right. And I was quite surprised, man, during like a pack-up pickup, a parent had came to I uh, pick up this supplies for the kindergarten. Right. So you know, I came out there in Milwaukee, got them everything they need. Okay, went back. They didn't move. So then I went back to check on them. And, uh, you know, it's a family, so a mom, grandma, and then the kindergarten. Yep. And, you know, they was just in there, just, just looking at each other and just have, I mean, the smile. And I'm like, hey, did we forget something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what else? I'm like, what else do we need? And like, and the mom's, oh, I'm so sorry. We just having a moment. Like, my baby's kindergarten. Like, oh, it's cool. <laughs> like, it didn't matter, man, that it was virtual, that it was, you know, and, it was, and remote didn't make a difference. Just taking a moment. Yeah. Going to school. Her grandbaby was going to school. 
And that's what mattered the most, continuing to appreciate those moments that we got because nothing is promised, right? So um, it was just something special, man, that reminded me of the why, the yep. why we do this, and the why, uh, and, and that was powerful for me. That's a great point, I think, too, and I want to get to the why in a minute, but also just, like, as we think about the future of education, like, I think it's pushing so many educators like yourself in schools who just think so much differently, right? And, like, unfortunately, we've been forced to with a, with a very short runway, but then also it makes you think, like, what, you know, how can learning still take place outside of a school, even if we, quote, unquote, go back into a building, right? Or how can we leverage relationships with families via Instagram or via Zoom, to hop on and help them through their homework or help them through something else, even just thinking outside the four walls of the school. And so I think what we've been seeing is just the most innovative schools and educators are just thinking not as like a short-term gap, but how can we continue on this for the next 20, 30, 40 years of public education? Absolutely, man. I would 100% agree with that, especially on the, the parent engagement piece. Yeah. Uh, because like, you know, a lot of times we were, uh, I won't say handicapped or shorthanded under this misguided belief that, you know, we schedule, uh, you know, a family night on, on this day at this certain time. And we only got a certain amount of parents because other parents had to work or they worked the third shift or something like that. Whereas now we know we, we can still bring them in from their home, right? We can bring them from wherever they're at. We, we can invite them to Zoom gatherings, Google Meets, um, you know, host uh, live streams. Yep. We can do these things and, you know, open up the chat box, con box and allow them to still take part because we have a lot of parents. It's, it's, it, it, this is a misconception, but we really have a lot of parents who want to be a part, like who want to help, who want to you know be active, who want to be around, who want to be really in debt, embedded in their child's learning and whatever's going on in education, but they also are working their hardest to provide and to put you know, something on the table. So when we bridge that gap, right, like bringing it to them, as opposed to them having to travel to a school, like, you know, thinking about some people, uh, a great thing we did, man, together, um, shout out, you know, to Greg and, you know, and the company and everything, Shermco, is how we had the lift codes, right? Yeah. Transportation for parents who couldn't get to the school when we did family nights. Yeah. So that's like <clears throat> something we're thinking about, uh, barriers that, uh, that are in play. And I think the biggest thing that you, you kind of mentioned was that this is kind of exposing the inequities all around, like COVID-19, remote learning. I'm not just talking about academics, right? I'm talking about the transportation piece, the the, uh, the food piece, right? Food resources, things of that nature. And we're getting to see now, like, people push for those things and take it serious. Right. And now we're coming up with ways to, you know, combat that and really make it, um, you know, equitable for all families all around. That's right. Yeah, I mean, even unfortunately, too, just like the health disparities, right? I think if you look at who's contracted COVID, it's been largely minority populations and under-resourced communities and just access to testing to even know if they have it and how to respond to it and then just living conditions as well so to your point i think it's you know maybe not for educators in the space like yourself but either people who have tried to ignore the factors been blind to it that it's all connected right and if there's inequitable access to education there's likely inequitable access to jobs and food and housing and, and it's all connected which is why lifting this up but fighting for equity in all these areas is so critical Absolutely, man. I, I'll tell you one uh, moment that kind of solidified, <clears throat> well, kind of, I'm, and I continue to solidify as I go through, but uh, my choice of joining University of Park Creative Arts is the first week. Like, after the pack-up pickup, they got the academics. Okay, here's your resources. Then the very next day, we had a food harvest bank come, yep. and they, they unloaded a truck of food, and we, you know, provided 
you know, hundreds of families with, you know, nourishment, you know, resources like, you know, to uh, whether it's vegetables, to fruit, to canned goods, to meats, like all of that. Like that was a focal point. That was something that they did. And then it started pouring raining. And we was at, like, I saw our principal kick her, uh, her shoes off. And she jumped right out there in that rain and was loading the truck. And we all followed, followed and jumped behind her. Like, it was a powerful moment, man. Um, Leadership 101, right? Leadership 101, man. Actually, uh, the, the Department uh, of uh, the public, North Carolina Public Education actually posted a piece on it. So we was part of their, uh, their rollout for the first oh. year of, you know, um, of school. And, and they, they contacted me and they saw the piece. And, we, you know, we're featured on there. It's a picture of us doing that. But... It was just like you said, going back to it's not just academics, right? Yeah. So we're not that's not the only focal point. It's everything else that comes along with that, man. So that that's a you know, definitely amazing point that you just hit on. That's great. And it, like going back to the why, you know, like who you are as a person, but also like why you're still in, in a classroom or in a school building, right? I think it'd be easy from maybe an outsider to say, like, you know, good morning America, Steve Harvey, viral YouTube, good looking dude speaker like why is my man still teaching and so if i just ask you that i know you probably get that like well why do you tell the people yeah man so so here's the thing that um, i usually tell a lot of my peers my why never changes right it just it becomes i just redefine it so you know so it, it just continuously is adding to it uh, why i'm doing this so it might have started off with you know i just wanted to have an impact on one right so i started off 17 years old clemson university um easy projects um, doing internship and have my own class, social studies class, and I taught no more than seven students, knew nothing, had no teacher toolkit, right. but I left that program. At the end of that program, I had one student, one student, Devon, who was one of our uh, tier three friends, right? Mm -hmm. All special, you know, I know. Right? So, uh, and they, and he, his mother came to me at the end of the banquet and just 17 years old, just told me, man, yeah, you know, Devon's shy, you know, he likes to, you know, be, you know, behavior sometimes, but I'm going to tell you, because well, he, even if he's not, that he said, you know, Mr. White's his hero, he wants to be like him. Wow. Now, I'm talking about New York kid. I got my fitted, got, you know, white tee. I'm still, I'm like, none of my suits. I ain't got none of my suits. I ain't got none of that. So, you know, that that was a focus on me getting in. And then as I continued to got in and I continued to go, then, okay, then it became, I'm, I'm getting to, as a key to my own classroom, I have a chance to give these students an experience in a moment that they won't forget. They might forget um, one novel that we read in the beginning of the year, and, uh, and they might forget, you know, what this metaphor is over time, but what they won't forget is how I treated them, how I respected them, how I poured into them, right? And, and how it was reciprocated, like when another adult, and, with a, and, and going further, with an African-American male, right? So in front of them, so, um, so, um, so anyway. So that, yeah, so that, that was one of the whys I'm going to the classroom. And then now extending even past that, okay, now I have a platform, like kind of what you said, like, okay, now I have a platform. Now um, I'm able to have a voice. I have, may I have access to these resources. Okay, now I want to widen my reach. Now yeah. I want to reach more than just my class. I want to reach a school. Like my ultimate goal is to have my own school, right? right. So that all be a superintendent is, is one or the other, but I will reach one of those. So right. it's like- Maybe it's both, like, probably both, right? Probably both, right? So exactly. So it just being redefined. So I just understand the purpose of behind of who I am, what I represent. Uh, every day that I wake up, every day that I come in the classroom, every time I'm smiling, every interaction, every um, you know, pound, fist pump, handshake, all of those nuances, small nuances matter 
in the long term and like in a, in a longer sense yeah. and just that moment. So uh, I'm just consistently and constantly redefining my why and yep. just you know adding to it. I mean, it's great, man. I think for, for so many reasons, you know, like being in the space, doing the work, staying in, I think maybe it's just an age thing too, but probably I think we see a lot of people maybe in our similar age demographic, I might just put in a little bit of work over here and then like kind of have that experience. Either they think their why changes or they're just telling themselves it changed, like go do something else that maybe is, is a bit quote unquote more attractive and more sexy. But I think really understanding who all of us are as people and what gets us up every day to follow that why I think what's is so powerful about your story. And, and, and to add on to that, uh, what you were just saying, brother, and, and this is also something that's driving me. Like, I, in addition to what I just said, I don't, I want to show people like, um, that you do not have to be boxed in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I want to do both. Right. Barry, the teacher. Yep. Okay. Well, Barry, the teacher also, was on this show, competed in this show. Barry, the actor, teacher. Barry, yeah. Barry the, the the podcast and teacher. Like, I don't have to. We don't have to do one thing, right? So we can reach multiple guests. Our talents, we can expand and reach different audiences that doesn't necessarily have to be in that industry, right? We can utilize our platform and our talents and then take it and expand it while still keeping that same love, right? So even if even if uh, you know I was to go to different industry. My love and for education, passion, education wouldn't change. Right. right, I would still be tied to it in some manner or some form. But um, but yeah, just breaking that whole mold, man, of just being boxed in. Like you've seen this in 2020. It's yep. and like so many people, whether you know it's celebrities you want to talk about or you know idols or uh, powerful historical uh, figures that are have molded their hands in multiple pots. Like that's, that's okay. They're not allowed to be boxed in. Yep. And you know that's one thing that I want to uh, you know relate to and transfer over to my students. Is that you don't have to be one thing. Like you don't have to pick, you know, we do the whole thing. What are you going to be when you grow up? Yeah. I'm going to be an astronaut. Cool. You can be an astronaut and a, and a, and a, and a, a, guitar, a musician. Oh, and and, and a, a veterinarian if you want. Like, you can do multiple things. It doesn't always, it might not always come at the same time. But, it, it, you know, you don't want to just limit yourself because society says you can only pick one. Right? Yeah, that's such a good point. I think, you know, going back to what you said earlier, too, around, like, representation and not only you know being put in a box but also you know our team has been fortunate to work with groups like profound gentlemen who are working to recruit and retain um male educators of color across the country knowing that really the national that really holds up across many states you know two percent of teachers give or take in any state and across the country are are male educators of color so i guess we'd just love to hear like your one, your biased opinion, but there's a lot of research obviously to back this up that we've seen too. But like, in your opinion, why are black male educators so important in this work? Well, uh, similar to what you were saying, man, earlier, it, it simply boils down to the one is 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 multifaceted, but the one just the, the representation piece. Like, there's not you, we, my whole thing with being in education, and doing what I do, and be, being continually driving to do what I do at a high level is that I want to show, you know, uh, little boys, you know, with black and brown of color and, and girls of color that there are people who look just like you doing exceptional things. Right. Like there's not a bear, like these images that you might've seen or might thought was our, you know, ceiling is not, is not uh, actually feasible, actually is laughable. The certain degree is like, we are so much more than that. And just driving that example and being that figure, being that role model, it sounds cliche, but it's real, right? And it's needed. Because they're not, this is one, 
this is a female dominated industry in education is period and so when you do get your you know your educator your black male of black male educators or educated color male educators wherever you want to put it but like there is a, a unspoken sense of responsibility that you know that we hold and we come to like whether or not you want to be it you are it like you are you are that figure you are that role model for you know they're watching everything you do they they let me know when I missed a, a loop in my belt buckle, you know, yep. when I got my suits on and stuff like that. Like they're paying attention. Like I had students that um that came in, in fifth grade, actually, actually part, you met a few of them, that yep. came uh, dressed in a black tie, had a little white shirt. They yeah, said, yeah. yeah, I'm Mr. White today. <laughs> I'm Mr. White. Like it's just little things that stick in their mind, that get in yep. their that matters long-term, right? So then, so, and it's just seeing those positive images and those, and those lights that okay, not even now. Um, if you're going past the teacher, there's reputation and administration, right? Yeah. So there's walking around, and it's not just the stereotypical, um, you know, PE. No offense to PE, last they do a phenomenal job of keeping you know, people health and wellness. But isn't this? It just isn't that. It's also in the core class. It's also right. in your administration. So you're seeing it consistently, and that plays a part in the psyche, sure. you know, of of students, especially that are so impressionable at that young age. I think it's so important, yeah, and I think one thing we've run up against our work too, but also that we always try to advocate and communicate and either push back on these or, or build off them, whichever way you want to go, is like one is that uh, male educators of color aren't just good for male students of color. A lot of research shows and experience shows are good for all races, all genders to have exposure and diversity in different leadership. So I think that's an important piece we always talk about too. But also the, the second piece we lift up, and I think PG does, and a lot of education is that, you know, male, educate, male educators of color aren't necessarily a panacea themselves. They can't just walk in and they have all the content knowledge. They're great teachers just because of their skin color. There's still mm -hmm. development that needs to take place like any person, but it's representation in, in addition to the development that then often makes them really good teachers. Is that true, false? Like, how do you respond to that? Absolutely, man. Um, so I, I'm also a part, uh, you know, I did a conference, Teach Your Heart Out, you yep. know, conference. Um, and one of the questions that we was talking about, we was debating on what panel we're gonna do, what topic we're gonna to be, and it was it was on like you know males in education, right? And uh, it was diverse, you know, Caucasian, Latina, it was all diverse, all a lot of us. Um, and we were just talking about how we had a conversation about how you know there is or used to be, hopefully, is starting to weather away, but the stigma of oh yeah, you have a male um, educator or male educator of color, however you want to put it. Um, the disciplinary. Yep. We're going to send them the trouble kit. That's what they, that's their job. I made sure, like, hey, listen, from the beginning, that's not, that's not the role play. Like, I, I can, I'm going to relate, I'm going to help restore the practice, I'm going to help, you know, guide students in the right way, but I'm not just a disciplinarian. Like, I come in the classroom, and kind of to what you said, there are still things that I have to learn. I, like, I, I have to start uh, continuously build my teacher toolkit. Right? Like, I got to learn pedagogy, I got to learn teacher moves, and I learned all this through trial by error, right? So my first couple years, uh, well, my first two years at Ashley Park, um, to me, were, were just disastrous when it comes to management. management. So like classroom, like for you as a classroom manager, as like a uh, content delivery, like where are the gaps? So both. So my first year, <laughs> <they're> both. <laughs> so my first I appreciate year, your vulnerability. I appreciate your vulnerability. I, I, I'm going to be completely honest because a lot of people, they see this. The polish now and yeah. then go, you know, just you know, and show a superstar teacher and, and that's great on you know, I appreciate that love. 
but this was a lot of work to get here, like to this That's point. Real. So, you know, my first year, man, was a, a rude awakening. So, like, you know, I, I black male in that, yeah, I'm walking in, got my classroom, got my, uh, you know, my first babies that I forget, Alicia and Jordy yeah. and all, like, all of them, um, Daniel, all of them, Jamaria, like, all these good people. And boy, A was giving me the worst. Now, the boys are rocking, they're fine. Right. The, the females is giving me the worst. And like, I just, it was hard to manage because I was trying to manage and still deliver the content, but I was doing Fidelity, so we had a script. So I'm new, so I'm learning like, okay, do I use the script? Do yeah. I, I'm learning over time as I was going through and, and continuously adding, working on my craft that I had to get a balance. So yeah. student, if, if it's one thing students know is authenticity, right? Okay. So they know when this is not, you not feeling, when it's not true. So yeah. anytime that I hear, um, you know, ENTs that I'm leading now, or they're referring to a script curriculum, I always say, listen, take it and make it your own. Like, yep. you know, take, take the, the meat of it, and then you you put the bow on it, put the presentation, however it is, that you deliver it, because it feels natural and it feels good. And when it feels natural and good to you, the students receive it in a more get, exactly. uh, a better manner. So I learned that over time, making my first couple years, whoa. Like, I'm just, I used to call my coach, like, every day, like, I don't even know. <laughs> give me some tips. Give me some. I was that guy. So I had office every day. Hey, feedback, feedback, feedback. I need it. I need it. And then it just got comfortable, man. I learned, you know, as continuing to build my, my toolkit, I got comfortable with teaching like anything. Yep. And, um, I, you know, I learned how to manage. I learned how to, you know, um, stay even killed. I learned how to um, provide consequences in a non-offensive um, or abrasive way. Like, just oh, yeah. all these little things that matter, right? Yep. So, um, so then, yeah, so that led to, you know, where I am now, where That's great. You know, it's, it's, it's easy, it's secondhand nature to me now. I mean, I appreciate you sharing that. I think like a, a few responses, like for me being a teacher too, was like, I think one of my first coaches was like, everybody sucks at the beginning. And so like, not that the expectations were low of like what the kids deserve, but also knowing that there was going to be a lot of feedback and work that needed to, to get better. So not to beat yourself up. But the second thing is, too, is like I played sports growing up in college. And I never received less feedback from something that mattered than when I first started teaching. We're like playing football every day. You practice, you watch film, and you like get yelled at for missing the tackle, for taking a wrong step. And you like, depending on your coach, would get called some few choice words. I'm now in charge of the education of 90 high school kids. I'm getting feedback once every three months. Unless, like, unless we have like a special coach situation in our school. So you think about it, it's like, how can this job be so important, but like the cycle of feedback is so long. We're like six months ago, I was getting cussed out for missing a tackle. Now I'm like not even really getting looked at of like given the, the responsibility of educating these 90 kids. So that feedback loop to me, well, it was always so curious that it just didn't, doesn't exist as much as maybe it should in education. Absolutely, man. We have a saying. Uh, me, me and my PMO program at Queen's University, uh, feedback is a gift. Sure. Like, it's a trade gift. Like I, um, you know, Courtney will tell you, like uh, my, my coach at, uh, Ashley, my former coach at Ashley Park Elementary, that first two years at that door, I was at that door in the morning. I was at that door before she left. Like almost till we should like, I don't have nothing for you today, Barry. Like she just ran out because I knew, like, like I said, I played sports too, basketball. And I knew the only way I was going to get better is, you know, learn about that. Is that what made you so comfortable? I always think about, like, was it sports that made you comfortable with feedback and seeking to get better? Or was it just, like, maybe the environment they created, maybe a little bit of both? But I think it's interesting how, how some teachers, really just other professionals, are more interested in feedback than others in different parts of their career. 
Um, I, I think it was a combination, uh, but I will say for me, uh, more so the uh, my basketball back, my uh, sports background. Yeah. Um, like it, I'm just I'm conditioned to be a competitor, yep. and, and and in education, I'm not competing with anyone or you know competing with students or other teachers. I'm also competing with myself. Like, yep. how do I get better to to provide you know a more efficient experience or instruction for these students? Like, what? How am I going to continuously get better to make them better? Right. So. Um, that drive alone is what kept me up long nights. Like, this is not for everybody. Like, just you know, practice self-care, practice healthy habits, of course, and leave the work at home. I mean, leave the uh, – yeah, uh, yeah, leave your work at school. You yeah. know, you go home, things that nature. But I just wasn't one of those people. I just was I – need, I needed to get better. I needed the next day yeah. to be better. Like, it drove me. And, and I just came from the competitors. Like, I had to win. Like, we had to – we lost. Okay, let's look at it. What we do? Yeah. What was the new plays? Yep. So it just that's what my dad raised me, you know, my dad, my mom. So, um, so that drove me to want feedback. But then I look when in, in hindsight, looking back, because um, I got an opportunity to see other people get feedback in my later years and see how they took it. And, that, and I always come to them and I'll tell them this Roman story that listen, I literally was doing X, Y, Z, and they go, wow, you did that? Or yeah. I'll say something that they, they were thinking, but they didn't say. I'm like, because I went through that and I'm telling you, bro. It seems like a lot now. It's like, dang, every day I got some people. Every something else. I'm telling you, on the back end, though, it's going to pay off so much because you're going to be equipped to deal with, you know, this situation, that situation. You're going to know, and it's a thing. Like, it's, it's, it's not about knowing everything. Yeah. It's about, it's about um, it, it simply comes down to um, knowing where to go, you know, to, to, get, to get, you know, the answer to what you need to know. So yeah. it's, it's really... That's what it comes down for me, man, and um, and that's what the practice that I kept with me throughout, you know, all my years of yeah. teaching and even now into administration and what I'm doing. Well, I think professionally too, I've seen, you know, like growing up playing sports, it's always, I would, maybe not creating like a safe and comfortable environment for feedback, but I think it's just a part of the process. But there's also like an understanding, everybody in the squad, including the coach, no matter what they say to you, you're trying to get better to win as a team. Where sometimes professionally, in my professional experience that baseline understanding isn't kind of created across the organization. So if I just come at you with, and I don't know you, like we've never worked out together, we've never worked together, and I just start hitting you with feedback, without kind of that common understanding or that culture being built, I think that's when humans start to get defensive. With, uh, with sports, it's maybe an easier understood outcome around championships or trophies, things like schools or, or organizations outside of school. Sometimes that, that foundation isn't built to give that feedback and have that trust. I agree, man, 100%. And it comes back to the fundamental purpose, which is relationships, right? Yep. And, and that's a word that, that sometimes get beat like a dead horse, but it's real. Like, it is, there's no way around that. There's no other way you can put it. Like, it comes back to building a fundamental relationship that, that comes with, you know, well, that provokes trust, like, amongst individuals and just assuming positive intent, right? Yep. But also, you need to be in – it's not only that, but you also need to be in the right mindset to receive that feedback, right? So you need to have a certain type of mindset already instilled or be working on some type of growth mindset that, okay, I'm susceptible to some type of constructive feedback because I know like, it's only going to make me better. Because right. you have people that the nicest people in the world, I've seen the nicest people in the world, they want to do so great. They're cheering you on, you're complimenting you every day. And as soon as they give you feedback, it's pushed back and you deter because you're not in the space to receive that, yep. right? So it works both ways. With the you know the uh, the person providing the feedback, taking time to build that relationship, to learn that person, to build that trust, but also that person who's receiving it 
to have that type of open mindset to and want to get better, right? And want to get better, not just for themselves, but for their students, because that's what matters at the end of the day. That's right. So, you know, it's those two combinations coming together, to, and then, then what you get is a great recipe for success. Yep. Man, we could talk to you for a while, and I think, obviously, those kids at Ashley Park, but also now at a university park, um, I know you're creating good kind of um, just avenues and spaces for them for feedback, but also for growth opportunities. But want to want to get you out of here and hopefully a few rapid fire um, fun questions. Okay. Um, so first one for the audience: What is based upon your experience? What's one actionable thing they can do by the end of the week to help improve public education? To help improve public education, well, we we talking on like the legislative level or just local level? That, that you take it wherever you want. You take it wherever you want. Wherever your mind's at, what should the people know and do? Gotcha. Well, I'm going to try to be relatable. So um, or just on a local level, um, I would say, one, take the time Take the time to practice self-care. Like, take a second, take a breath. Watch the uh, office. Like, you just honestly, just take, take it in to allow yourself to relax. And then I would say, Google. Like, do some research. Look into that, that next platform or that next program or that. Uh, you, like, the resources out there, they're constantly on whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, teachers sharing different resources or, you know, things that they're doing and actually look into that, right? Because I know, I know there's a whole movement, you know, we just, it's nothing's going to replace in-person learning, right? We know that, that's 100%. But as of right now, while we're not in a phase to go back in school, two, I have two options. I can just consistently complain about it and allow this moment that I get to try to be in very, try something with my students that hasn't been done, to pass, or I can kind of take the take the lead on that and go. Okay, let me at least try. Let me at least oh, try. Control, right? Yeah. yeah. So what can I control? Because we are eventually going to shift back in school. I know that's coming, whether that's going to be in partial learning, you know, sooner than later. Right. And we we get the opportunity to you know get back and show our natural talents in the classroom. But at this moment, right now, why not use it as a learning opportunity? So I would say just go and, and you look up you know, different platforms that benefits to your teaching style. Whether that's Padlets, that's quizzes, whether um, that's, um, uh, let's call it, uh, Zoom meets, or that's, uh, if you're utilizing um, screencasts, Screenomatic, uh, we got Nearpod, that's so great, that's so amazing. Okay. Like, it's just so, it's so many things out there that we can Start utilize. toolkit, right? Sounds like you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, just add to your school kit, because um, this moment is going to, to some degree, it's going to pass, right? So we're going to get back to school. And it might be a few kids that uh, 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 um, chose to do remote full academy. So that's fine. They'll be doing remote. But then you will have other students that are uh, partial virtual. And what, what are you going to do? Like, you still have to make it engaging, entertaining, like, find a way to pull them in um, and just utilize it. So I would say definitely embrace, lean into technology. Uh, if I sum that up, I would say, you know, to, to help uh, in help improve public education would be to lean in technology. And just from a local level, of course, we know we got to get legislation and, and laws passed and we got to increase teacher pay. We got to increase the equitable resource that's around. Those things we got to do. But what we can't control right now by the end of the week is lean in, lean into technology. I like that. That's great. Um, and perhaps the most important question, what does square pizza remind you of? <laughs> square, uh, square pizza reminds me of let me see. I would say the Papa John's I ate last night with the square cup. But no, it's not. It's not it. uh, I would say square pizza reminds me of, let me see. 
I want to say, I want to say, uh, uh, and this might sound weird, but I want to say a base, I want to say a base, uh, what's it called? A base. Yeah, base in baseball. And the reason why I'm saying that is this, and I'm connecting this. Okay. And, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. Because the cost of the base, you know, shape of the base, I get that. But it's for me, it's, it's three it's, it's steps and it's, uh, it's steps that we got to take to get back to home plate, right? So we're in this virtual space right now, and we may have bunted. It feel like we're bunting every time. Like we're not, we're not hitting home runs. We're not getting all the way around, but we're bunting. And playing small ball, playing a little bit of small ball right now. Small ball, playing small ball. So you right. know, uh, it might be T ball. It might be T ball. <laughs> we'll, we'll play. So you know, no coach's pitch. It's not coach's pitch yet. Yeah, not coach's pitch. You know, you know, we hit first base. Okay, we had it hit us. We had we reacted. We got the second base right. So um, that was you know the end of it. Making the best we can of the end of the year. Now we have third base, which is, you know, the space we're in now. And eventually we'll be back to home plate, man, uh, you know, to where we're back in school. We're back. It won't – it will be a new normal, but at least students will be in front of us. We'll be able to have more of an in-person and personal impact. Yep. So uh, that reminds me – square piece reminds me of that. Uh, I, hope, I hope I made all the square piece fanatics, you know, uh, <laughs> proud with that answer. You know, that's what I got. That's definitely the most creative answer we've had. I'll give you that. Um, so you got that going for you. Uh, did you guys eat square pizza at school growing up? I did. I did. Well, I, I preferred it. I preferred it. Yeah. Preferred. That's what, we're, what we're learning through asking this question, amongst other things, like it's regional. Like we had a guest from Milwaukee who was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like we don't have square pizza in schools. Um, I had it in Ohio. I, you know, obviously they sell it. They have it in, in North Carolina where we're all right now. So it's interesting. Not, not every public school kid had access to square pizza. So how lucky yeah. are we? And remember, I'm from Queens, New York, so I grew up right. in Queens. So you know, I, we had it there. Right. Public schools. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, Barry White, man, we appreciate you. We're gonna link all this stuff so uh, our audience can connect with you. But thanks for taking time. Thanks for who you are. And thanks for joining, man. Absolutely, Greg, man. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, brother. Appreciate it. Man. Hey guys, this is Greg. Thanks again for checking out the podcast episode. Uh, feel free to show us some love on social media at Shermco. S-C-H-E-R-M-C-O and hashtag square pizza pod. Stay in touch for the next episode.